Welcome to Raw Radio. Takeaways, Gary. Yes, here we are again. Uh, an, another amazing conversation. Um, and, uh, you know, with, with uh, Steve Cohen. Before uh, we I'll, start on this, before we start on this, uh, were you excited about this episode? Because I was. Say you were excited. I was. Morning, so. I was excited. But somebody <laughs> said that I say that at the beginning of every episode. So I, I pretended to not be as excited. I might have said thrilled. I don't know. Um, but Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, Olympic about coach, that? world champion coach, Olympic player, um, all in judo. And uh, what an amazing story he has uh, started as, I believe, a five-year-old kid in 1960 at the local YMCA on the far northwest side of uh, Chicago. Uh, and, and then he moved on to the uptown neighborhood. Um, which he spoke finally of. <laughs> I remember the uptown neighborhood back then. It was. I'm glad uh, we didn't get into the. Cubs it was. A, it was a scary place. Oh, you know, because why? Why get into it? We know. We know Cubs all the way. But we should get into what the takeaway was, and and for me, it was uh, coaching and what an amazing coach um, Steve is, and what it takes to be a coach like that. Well, one of the best. One of the best judo u.s judo coaches mm -hmm. of all times um you know as we are preparing for these episodes and as we are preparing for this conversation what was very unique um is that i couldn't find much information about steve online doing my right. research i was actually kind of puzzled yeah you know yeah. but then yeah talking talking to other people and having these conversations with other um, with friends, you know, and people in the business, and obviously Jimmy Pedro speaking very highly of Steve as a coach, you know, more this conversation was unfolding. I feel much, much better about it. And wow, what's what a story, what a set of stories. Mm -hmm. There was quite few of them, and some of them off the air mm -hmm. that we didn't have a chance to record. But what a great personality. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, it, you know, I think because of uh, his time as a player, uh, pre-internet, um, you know, where everything was filmed on videotape, uh, we don't get to see much of what he's done, um, but we do get to hear it because of the people that he's coached and, and the people that uh, came pretty much immediately after him. Um, and, uh, and what he's done as a coach, how he's touched their lives, how that... Uh, you know, he has friendships and people that he calls on a regular basis and talks to on a regular basis uh, because of who he was to them um, as a teammate, but also as a coach. Yeah, one of the things that really stuck with my mind as he was talking about coaching and really utilizing all the resources that he had as a coach mm -hmm. um, was the fact that he was making relationships with the other coaches from the other competitors what i mean by this if if had one of his students or one of his athletes was competing and he didn't know the his competitor he actually went around and asked questions because he had all these relationships with the other people established all around the mats um and he was using this and remember this is all pre-internet this is pre-phones pre-facebook pre-instagram pre-youtube none of yeah. this existed none well, of what did zero he 
What did he say he carried around from airport to airport? He had a television and a box of videotapes. <laughs> Sponge this out there. As you're listening to this, television, VCR, and box of tapes. Literally, he was carrying it from place to place because that's the only way they could record all these competitors and define their habits, define what they were working on, who, who, are the, who they were and what they did and how they did it. Yeah. Um, and, what, and now you have a website. One, you can go to one website and see everybody there. All the statistics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in so fact, I'm curious. We didn't ask him on the show about this. Was he that one of the first ones who started collecting all the data about the competitors? One of the things that he said that he had a very thick notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started collecting data on each of his athletes. But in a sense that he was collecting data, who his athlete was competing with and all the information about the competitor. Right. And once the, all of this was a, kind of collected in this one big index, then that's when he started developing a game, of, game plan, essentially, for, for his own students, his own athletes, with a one single goal of winning the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine he was the first person to ever do it, but to be that dedicated to to have a notebook like that, to keep tabs on everyone, um, rather than just thinking, uh, you know, I've done the best with my athlete that I can do, and he can go out there and, you know, we're the USA and we can beat anybody. Um, no, they he had a system, and it's something we talked to a little bit with Jimmy Pedro about a system of training, a system of coaching, uh, and a system of winning. And, uh, and he took that aspect of it, of, of homework, uh, and put it into a system and, uh, and, and it paid off. Yeah. One, another thing that kind of with these statistics that I, I actually made a note of that he took extensive notes from every tournament, from every practice, from every camp, uh, from every competition, um, with the fact of recalling these notes later and using them as a strategic data for his for his athletes mm-hmm. well I mean, that's I, they didn't have uh they didn't have the phone to record so he put it on paper and he could refer to it later you know yeah um, know, right? and and to to be that dedicated so you know you can teach people in class um you can do the reps uh you can tell them what to eat you can try to get them in the proper mindset but then to move on to doing all that homework um carrying around a VCR and a television, you know, through the airport and videotapes. Uh, I had visual. I was trying to imagine. Yeah, I could just see like a brown box, right, with tons of videotapes. And he's walking, you know, he's got a bag and one over his shoulder and he's got his box of videotapes in his hand, uh, you know, putting that down on the belt. Um, And, you know, does that fit in the overhead? I don't know. Um, But, you know, and that doesn't even touch on the sacrifice when you get to the level of coaching that he was at. Um, of leaving your friends, your family, your newborn child um, to travel all over the world, mostly at your own expense. Um, you know, he said at one point he had to raise $50,000 to become the Olympic um, coach and or the national coach. And, uh, you know, that was raising $50,000 so that he could dedicate himself and sacrifice his time uh, and his family's time so that he can make champions out of other people. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to hear about sacrifices, this is the episode to listen to. So if you haven't yet, you should. Um, I mean, it's mind blowing 
the amount of time that he spent outside of his house versus with his family. It's mm-hmm. mind blowing the the things that he missed in his life, with in his life, the things that he skipped intentionally with a pure focus on either getting himself to the level that he needed to be, or getting his athletes to the level that they needed to be. Um, Gary, I think the sacrifice is often underestimated. One, people in general don't know what it takes. That's Mm -hmm. one. And two, I think most of us are unwilling to do it. And I think that, and I think that's what it boils down to. There's only few, few, um, individuals like Steve, Jimmy and others in judo and Jiu Jitsu Mm -hmm. who will take this to the level that they can take it purely with, um, with the push with 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 the hard work with the dedication and tons tons of sacrifices yeah and you're you're there. talking time you're talking money uh <clears throat> your your personal career often all that stuff um you know your regular life has to be put on hold mm-hmm. uh weeks months at a time um to make sure that you and your athletes are prepared you know and you're talking about an international sport too so it's not you're not watching film in the basement you're watching it in the hotel room. Um, you know, you're watching it on the airplane in the airport, uh, away from your loved ones. Um, and, and those loved ones are making sacrifices too. Um, you know, your spouse at home, uh, him or her is, is without their partner. Um, you know, that's needed to raise the kids, uh, to keep the household going, all that stuff. Um, so there's sacrifices on that end too. Yeah, I mean, what a what a beautiful beautiful story, you know. Um, uh, on a more positive note, on the funny note, is do you recall that little story that he said when they landed in Hawaii? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah let's not tell yeah, the story. They, no, they have to listen. they have to listen to that one. That's a that's a good one. Just in yeah. case you're curious, during the flight, um, where were they going? Uh, they were going to Japan. And to Japan, back in the right. day, back in the day, you could stop anywhere for free. United. <laughs> uh, uh, had that option for them, and they yeah. made uh, the very smart choice of stopping in Hawaii. Hawaii, and there was a party and thing, and, and we're not going to tell you anything. You have no. to listen to that. No, check it out. But it was a, it was a pretty good one. It was yep. a good one. Yeah, uh, sure. What was the big takeaway for you? Uh, from from him, from this really? Is, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about coaching. What it takes to be an elite level coach. So definitely coaching uh, the way that they. Um, you know, he talked about even from when he was a kid that the club he was in, him and his brother, who, if people don't know, check out Erwin uh, Cohn, um, their local coach, who was a brown belt at the time, knew he had taken them, these two little kids, as far as they could go. Uh, and, uh, and as that coach, he made, you know, we're talking about sacrifice. He made the sacrifice of, hey, these are my two best students. I'm going to give them up. How many coaches would do that? Mm-hmm. And he passed them on to a bigger club with a better program, a bigger program. Um, and, uh, and then they started flourishing even more, right? So this coach put his ego aside to say, hey, I need somebody else to take these kids to their full potential. I think this is the unfortunate part of being an instructor, being a coach. Um, today, we find ourselves in these positions, and there's many, many, many coaches out there who are unwilling to – give up the control um, with the thought that their student could benefit, could grow, mm-hmm. could get better under somebody else's supervision, under somebody else's guidance. And I, I think it's such a shame because it's not yeah. about you. 
It's not about you as a coach. It's about right. that that athlete, that student, uh, that person. You know, can they grow? Can you take them to the next level? And if the answer is no, why hold them back? Right. Yeah. Why hold put them your back? ego aside. He talked about a, a coach that he knows that, um, you know, coaches the five, six, seven year olds, uh, and that's his his skill set. And and uh, Jimmy, you know, or I'm sorry, Steve said that he couldn't coach those kids the way that this person does. And he knows that, uh, and they have a great relationship. And this person, when it's time, you know, passes these kids off, um, to, to a coach who can help them develop at the older ages. Uh, he's just got a knack for it. I think people need to understand themselves a little bit more, uh, put the, put their egos aside and say, Hey, um, you know, I've taken them as far as they can go. Let somebody else take them the rest of the way or, or just a few years down the line. And then, Somebody else has to come in at that point and take them, you know, further down the line. Uh, he talked about, um, you know, the, the relationships that these coaches have in international uh, tournaments where they're, they're talking to each other. They're, you know, they're passing information back and forth. Um, and it seems like, the, you know, at, at that point, um, these people all understand that it's not so much about them as it is the, uh, the players. I couldn't agree more. There you go. Let's wrap this up. All right. On to the uh, next one. Yes, sir. We'll have another great conversation soon. Uh, and everybody, please uh, take a listen to uh, Steve and all the important things that he has to say. All right. See you. Peace. Take care. Thank you for listening to Raw Radio. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a review and help us make the show even more amazing. For future episodes, check out our website and follow us on all major podcast platforms. Take care. Take care.